0: Hi, I'm Beck Rayner, and this is the Military Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports, informs, and embraces the spouses beside the military members by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Want to join a bank that just gets defence life? Defence Bank is one of Australia's largest customer-owned banks. They have 33 on-base branches across Australia, an award-winning banking app that allows you to do all your banking wherever and whenever you want. And with products and services tailored for ADF members and defence spouses, you'll wonder why you didn't join sooner. Visit defencebank.com.au today and see how easy your banking can be. Well, welcome, Rachel, to the Military Life Podcast. Thank you. You and your husband
1: have been together for 15 years, married eight. How did you guys meet? In the typical sleazy way in a nightclub. Uh, It was the same night I was telling my friends I was moving to Sydney and he was based here. So he was like, oh, if you want a friendly face when you move over, you know, Feel free to send me a message and we just kept in touch. So we both grew up in Perth. So he was home over Christmas for Christmas leave.
0: Ah um, that old chestnut.
1: Yeah. That meet old the girl. Chestnut.
0: Meet the girl and then head back to the posting location and then, you know, forced <laughs> into long distance.
1: <laughs> well, it was all very, just very friendly. And then he came back again for Easter before I moved over to Sydney. So that's when it became a little more serious.
0: So obviously when you met, he was already in defence. Did that have any bearing on going forward with, obviously at the start it was just a friendship, but did that have any bearing when you decided to become a couple on whether you would go forward with that relationship and did that even play into it?
1: I don't remember it playing into it. I come from a tri service family. So not in my immediate family. I was always kind of aware of the lifestyle without being directly affected. I didn't really notice it until we did our first posting together when we moved up to Townsville, I would say. I think I was, you know, still in the honeymoon phase. It didn't worry me. And I was you know, I was eighteen when we met, so you know the decisions we make when we're eighteen. Not that I regret this decision, but the decisions we make when we're eighteen aren't always the most sensible
0: what was your actual introduction to defense life like you mentioned that you didn't really feel the full effects of being a defense couple until you went on that posting to townsville yeah what was that i guess delayed introduction like
1: it was probably not even till his like third trip away that all of a sudden it did hit me and probably you know probably something went wrong with a car and it was just that like oh hang on i i do have to sort this out myself you know, I can't just pick up the phone and call him and have him help me fix this. I do have to sort this out. And that's it would definitely our relationship had to strengthen very quickly in Townsville.
0: Was that because you both only had each other or why do you think that is?
1: Oh, definitely. So in Sydney, even though I left my immediate family Yeah, I've got uncles and grandmas and uh, other family members in Sydney. So there was always that other support around so that if he was away, I was just still hanging out with my family. That didn't matter. But when we're in Townsville, it was just us. And so if he went away, it was just me. So developing that network of that level of support that I'd never had to, you know, that you normally have organically when you have your family around. That was when it sort of all started to hit me.
0: And do you think that added an extra layer of pressure on the relationship? Because, you know, it was, you had those fallbacks and those people you could call on in Sydney and you had your own thing happening. Whereas when you went to the first posting together up to Townsville, it was like feeling out true defence life and really relying on on each other. And, you know, obviously that puts strains on the relationship in different ways
1: it definitely like if it wasn't going to work it wasn't going to work in Townsville and we had to learn to communicate properly and I had to learn to be very independent in a way that I had not been before
0: how did you do that like how did you learn to be more independent because you know at that sort of age yeah you have different I guess priorities in a relationship and expectations as well and you know not being a defense couple for a long time you're still trying to have that control over what your relationship is going to be and what you expect from the other person even though the military
1: member is kind of
0: the beck and call of defense at some point
1: <laughs> I guess Starting to make a decision of what I wanted my career to look like and starting to make decisions on sort of my own social life because I think in in the first year of being there where it was that realisation of that he's not at my beck and call but at the beck and call of defence. So taking that sort of time to start to realize that I need to develop myself as a person and be an entire and whole person on my own and when we're together that's only going to make us better but I can still you can still miss them but also still function on your own
0: yes I love that I wish, <laughs> you know because a lot of us don't have that realization until you know further along down the track and can sometimes damage your relationship along the way because you're kind of fighting it and you have these expectations that aren't working out and And you feel like they're not giving you what you want then they go away and then you have those gaps in the relationship and the distance and you feel like you can never sort of work things out but ultimately by being forced I guess to realize that you do have to be your own person you Mm. do have to be independent but you can still be in a couple and still depend on each other but you have to be independent and and have your own things happening is only going to strengthen a relationship. One hundred percent,
1: and also finding that balance between then when they're coming back, fitting it back in. Because where we started to have some difficulties is then just even when he was home, leading two separate lives. So yeah, it's like a fine, <laughs> it's a
0: fine line between like not being too dependent on each and it, other and then not being too independent of each it, other. Yeah,
1: it's it's such a bizarre bizarre thing to try and 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 it was something that we had someone say to us, like every experience you share, like or every experience you have, whether it's on your own or with someone, when you go to bed that night, it changes you ever so slightly. And so when you're not talking to someone or putting And it's not just a romantic relationship, but any relationship, each little experience changes you. So you need to keep that communication up. So especially when you're apart for three months, all these experiences happen to both of you. And so you're not quite the same people when you come back together. It's not going to slot in the same way. So keeping up that communication is what helps you kind of slot back in together even though you're slightly different and when you don't keep up that communication, that's when you struggle to kind of fit it back together, so to speak. And
0: then also like even keeping up the communication, like things can get lost in translation as well. So like it's really hard to then be really on top of that communication but then also communicating in the right way and the right things (laughs) so they get it the right way. So it's like it's very complicated but in the end when you get it right. It only strengthens your relationship and compared to like a civilian couple who may not be forced to ever really, you know, come up up against those things for a long time. It's like something that, you know, you're sort of faced with maybe even like a year into or as soon as you have a separation or whatever the case with, you know, defense life, you kind of like forced to do
1: it. But in the end, it's a good thing. It is. And I feel like the benefit of defense life is you get to keep practicing those techniques over and over and over again until you do get it right. Yeah. And sometimes unexpectedly. (laughs) Yeah. Very unexpectedly. (laughs)
0: Sometimes when you don't really want to.
1: Oh, I think um Townsville was probably the worst in terms of like surprise uh trips, so probably like also then reasonable that it was like, the harder posting for us for that sort of thing and i yeah, I'd just come home from work sometimes and there'd be you know those damn dive bags, and you'd be like, Oh, how long
0: <laughs> just and as well yeah. like you know early on when you haven't got yourself stuff sorted and you haven't you know got that balance right those unexpected trips or those separations that are, are happening regularly because you know they are just sort of making their way in defense you know they haven't been in for a long stretch of time so can't really predict what's going to happen with their career like it's all just you know year by year yep this is a great opportunity or yes that that'd be great to, to go and do that sort of thing you know those unexpected trips and those and whatever's required of them by defense, is an even greater drain on you and the couple because you haven't you know lived it for that long and you haven't gone through that process definitely yeah Yeah.
1: like yeah it makes it so
0: much more difficult yes if only yeah (laughs) like if only you had that experience to back you up for your first posting and your first yeah yeah so uh, whereabouts are you guys posted at the moment and what job does your husband do like and does it does that job take him away regularly like what is it required of him for that job
1: so uh we're currently in richmond new south wales uh he is a gsc i'm gonna say gsc tech by trade but he's currently doing fuel quality control testing training so he's training everyone on how to test the fuel quality of the airplane fuel sounds very technical <laughs> yes I mean, there's lots of, le- lots of letters and acronyms right. i still don't pick them all up with this posting it's actually probably the, the best posting yet for this it you know courses are scheduled 12 months in advance so i would know when he would be home when he would away like when he'd be away when he could do say flexible work arrangements and help out uh, with doing drop off and pick up for our son our last posting was to butterworth which is amazing but it's the first time he, you know, would gone from a normal kind of you go away, et cetera, et cetera, to all of a sudden he was around all the time. And I was like, are you due to go away? Like, do you want to go on a boys weekend somewhere? Like you can leave the apartment for a few days. I won't mind.
0: <laughs> I'm really craving like some alone time here. I really <laughs> yeah. need to be in the middle of the bed doing whatever <laughs> yeah. I want at 11pm at night or <laughs> yeah. rearranging <Yep>. your drawers. <laughs>
1: yep. I want to, yeah. I want to eat takeout on the couch.
0: Yeah, like, and, I, and I want to be able to eat all of it myself yeah. without you touching it.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. All
0: of that. <laughs> or or I want to be able to eat half of it and have the rest for leftovers the next day without you eating it. So what is the near future likely to hold regarding postings? Are you guys in that location for a little while? Like what's happening there?
1: I've always felt pretty relaxed about it. Postings is the one thing that, doesn't really bother me too much I've finished an HR degree so Drew's kind of said well if you find a job that you really enjoy then you know maybe I can put in for an extension or you know maybe I'll just I'll just start looking in our next location or whatever that looks like so I'm just running my studio and uh, you know a few other side projects and enjoying that and keeping an eye out and we'll just yeah see where it takes us.
0: You mentioned that you're pretty easygoing about postings and location and you know finding out the <laughs> last minute whatever. I'm pretty easygoing, but I mean it does get easier as you, you know, make friends in different locations and know that you're going to back to a location where you might have some friends already oh,
1: um, established there yes yes so by complete coincidence my best friend from high school as we were like organizing our postings ended up also coming back to Sydney so that made coming back to Richmond so much more palatable <laughs> than yeah. you know then you for us we'd already done it twice we were like oh well you know we'd rather go see somewhere new but coming back you know, just like, Oh, well not such a bad thing. So
0: now you're in the location with your best friend and your husband won't bugger off. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he won't leave you to do your thing. So you can spend all your time with your best friend. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So when you met your husband, what was your field of work then and and how did you envision your career working alongside Defence? Did you even sort of consider how that
1: might impact your career? I've been all over the shop. Uh, So I was actually in hospitality. So when I came to Sydney, I started doing some office work for a hospitality recruitment agency. And so that sort of started me down kind of the admin HR path away from being a chef. Then... We went up to Townsville. Again, I picked up some hospitality work. It's, it's always a good one. It's always easy and transferable. But very quickly realised, well, if I'm working 2pm to 10pm and he's working 7am to 4pm, we're never going to see each other. And so fell back uh, and started looking for sort of like reception, those like junior admin roles and picked up a reception role at a strata management company. And by sheer luck, it happened to be a national a strata management company. So I worked my way up through the office there to be a strata manager anyway, or like during our time in Townsville and just sort of enjoyed that for a while. I took Matt leave a few months before... We left Townsville and they were happy to transfer me to the Sydney office when we came back down to Sydney and sort of worked my way up through the Sydney office as well. But then realised sort of being leading a team that I enjoyed the HR side of things more than the strata management side um, and embarked on my HR degree. So I just, I've always just kind of taken, I don't know, I'm still trying to decide what I want to be when I grow up. So (laughs) I've just always looked for roles that I would enjoy. And I think Drew's now flexible enough that as much as he can be, that we can try and make some work together.
0: The same sort of situation with the way that, ways that Defence sort of forces you to work on your relationship in unexpected ways it can sometimes impact your career positively because you've had that experience in the different various areas and figured out that okay well I really like this area I'm going to study further in this area and you know have picked up the different skills along the way you can go to a new location and you've got various fields of of work that you can um, apply for jobs in.
1: Yes definitely and and I think Defence spouses that I've definitely spoken to, I feel like they undervalue their experience too because they're like, oh, well, I was only in this role for, you know, two years, but skills are transferable. So it's having the confidence to say, I have a transferable skill. And I think employers, there needs to be more education around the types of skills that defence spouses have as well. But yeah, really, it can be hard and it depends on, on the type of person that you are. I certainly, once we sort of have that, that posting order in place, just start sending some emails and working at, working on my network saying, look, you may not have anything at the moment, but just letting you know, I'll be coming that way and, and really getting ahead of the actual job hunt as well. When it looks like that we were going to Darwin instead of coming back to Richmond after Townsville. I'd already kind of spoken to about four different strata management companies up there because the one I was with, actually, Darwin was like the one place they weren't, <laughs> of course. But, you know, I'd spoken to enough people that said, look, yep, definitely come in, have a chat. We'd, we'd be interested. We'd have something for you. So that doesn't work in all, all avenues, but it's definitely definitely helpful that at mm. least you're at the back of people's minds.
0: 9 out of 10 defense spouses wish they found out about Defense Bank sooner. Okay, I might have just made that up and they do sponsor my podcast, but I've checked them out and I think they're worth a look just for their banking app alone. It's award-winning and currently has a rating of 4.8 out of 5 in both the app and Google Play Store. It does everything a big bank app does with cool features like fast same-day payments, card alerts and controls, pin change functionality, savings roundup, spend tracker, the list goes on. Oh, and if you really want to go to a Defence Bank branch, you can. There are 33 on-base branches across Australia, and with many of their branch staff a defence spouse or partner, you'll be talking to someone who just gets it. Banking as a defence spouse doesn't have to be hard. For more info, visit defencebank.com.au. You know, it forces us to have some pretty good networking skills, even, you know, the fact going to a new location and making new friends and constantly having to make new contacts for, you know, a GP and all of that sort of stuff and putting ourselves out there and asking local spouses or locals for their advice because we kind of need to get up on the area and all of that sort of stuff. We have to like, we're forced to like
1: network. Defence spouses are so resourceful and that is underutilised by many people. But yeah, like jumping on those groups, putting yourself out there and thinking ahead and being able to plan and go, I'm, you know, especially if... You carry any sort of minor conditions that you need a good GP for, and, and being able to get in touch with a GP that's going to be in your local area and having your files sent, or if you're looking after kids, or you know, any of that sort of thing, finding out the lowdown on the schools in the area because it's not always do they have good, you know, NAPLAN scores, but is there a defense liaison? What's this policy like? It's you yeah. know, all those it's
0: not, things, it's not even that as well. It's like, you know. We have to do all of that by the seat of our pants. Sometimes you don't even know what location your DHA house is going to be in. So you don't even know which school it'll be or like, so you're sort of like flying by the seat of your pants sometimes. Definitely. So when you guys discussed family planning and and kids, did you discuss whether having kids or having your son would fit in with um, defence life and postings or did you plan it around defence life or was it just a, a
1: baby will fit in?
0: where they fit in and it'll just work out.
1: So family planning conversation makes it sound like we're planning a lot more than we did. Um, so actually when I was 20, I was told it would be extremely difficult for me to have children. Extremely difficult does not mean the same thing as we'll not be able to. And so you should still use contraceptives if you're not planning on starting a family right then. So we had Xavier, you know, he's a miracle and we love him and it was the most amazing amazing little kid and everyone says that to their own kid but it turns out you know had we waited you know I haven't been able to have a second so absolutely came along at the right timing so he has just had to fit in <laughs> with, with our defence life and So the posting back from Malaysia, that was the first time where we had to start thinking about postings in terms of schooling as well. So, you know, that's where we took a couple of postings off the table for us because we're like, well, we're not comfortable with the schooling in that area or what are the other opportunities that we'd want to offer him that would not be available in that area?
0: Do you make use of any of the spouse support or have you used any of the spouse support? Do you go like to the community houses? Have you been to spouse events? Do you? Do any of that?
1: Yes. When we came back to Richmond after Townsville, I had early stages of postnatal depression. That moving with a very young child and just the stress of moving, all those fun things, and yeah, moving away from a known support network. So even though we're coming back to Richmond, it's you know still my family's all in Sydney city itself. So it's still a significant visit to see them when you've got a young child as well. So getting to a defense plate group is what sort of settled me in. And, you know, one of the ladies I met there, like I'm now the godmother of her children. So, you know, that, that very close connection. And in Penang, there's a lot more forced socialising in Penang. Forced, <laughs> forced socialising. There's a mandatory fun, as we call it. They do, because it's such a significantly smaller community, they just like to have the community events to check in on everyone, make sure no one's sort of, and it's such a removed situation you know, you're in a different country. So, and so you, those friendships become very important there too, because when you want to, you know, because the Milo tastes different in Malaysia than it does to Australia, which sounds ridiculous, but it's a thing that kind of after six months, it's not funny anymore. Yeah, (laughs) It's a little thing. You need someone to commiserate (laughs) with. Yes. Yes. So, and then again, coming back this time, a few people that were here before, were still here and, and having those friendships and it made it, more of a comfortable fitting back in knowing that, you know, those same people are around.
0: How important do you think it is to have friends who are also defence spouses as opposed to, you know, obviously it's important to have a good mix of friends, but how important do you think it is? And at what level do you think defence spouses get what you're going through and get what defence life is like?
1: You need at least
0: two. <laughs> two, two Just like in two case two one of them's is not available. Still available.
1: Yeah. This one's dealing with our own crisis Um, (laughs) because you can call them and you can whinge about it because even though, yes, you've like, to some extent you've chosen this life, it still doesn't make it any easier. Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
0: You didn't, you didn't, you knew what you were saying. You signed the dotted line, but you didn't see the terms and conditions. (laughs)
1: Yeah. yeah. No one reads the terms and conditions. (laughs) Because you're in a love bubble. (laughs) (laughs) yeah sure that's fine i'll always be second to your job that's no problem
0: <laughs> yeah i'll i'll have a relationship with uh you know someone who also has a, another someone in the relationship called defense
1: yeah yeah so they just you can have that wind and then it's that like you don't have that fear of being judged or just someone who's going to get it i mean i when drew i hate folding laundry i hate it <laughs> i don't know what it is about folding laundry i will i will scrub a toilet I hate folding laundry. And when Drew used to like go away for significant periods of time, I would have washing folding parties where I would like make dinner and like put on movies and the other mums would come around and it was a night out for them and they didn't care. They'd fold my laundry with me and (laughs) eat pizza and watch movies and their kids weren't around. And I don't feel like I could ask a civilian spouse to come over and do that.
0: I don't get why we're folding washing. This is not a party
1: to me. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, like, I think defense spouses get that in a way. Yeah. That you just friends- can't
0: stretch yourself to do that one thing that you hate. Because yeah. it also reminds you that that person that would usually help you with that or that would usually do that because you hate doing it isn't there. Isn't
1: there. Yeah. Yes, 100%.
0: What support or information or advice was given to you as a new spouse, or did you sort of pick up early on that you know really helped you on that
1: journey? So the strata management job I had in Townsville, there were three spouses of retired defense personnel, and they were the ones where I was like, "This thing just happened," and they were like, "Yes." and just that like validation of yes that thing just happened yes that is going to continue to happen and I can't remember any specific things that they told me but just even though they weren't current defense spouses in my own age group they were kind of that almost like a mother figure but like bridged a gap between yeah. friend and mother figure and were just like yeah that's going to happen and and they just let you know they just make you feel like it's going to be okay okay yeah because it's
0: like look um, at them they've survived all of this and so much more and they're still going so I can do it too
1: I can do it too and telling me horror stories about their first DHA houses that like still had grass growing between the floorboards and I was like I'm not going to complain about my house (laughs) but your feelings are totally valid just
0: not as bad as the grass growing between the
1: the floorboards yes yes so. And
0: so what have been some of the things that you've done when you've had separations or deployments and had to sort of juggle everything yourself? Like what sort of things have you done to make it life easier for yourself or to make sure that you're looking after yourself?
1: Uh, so outsource. Yeah. So washing, folding parties, number one. So but find that like the one or two things that you can't stretch yourself to do and find a way to have someone else do them that it's just, even, I also don't like vacuuming. I think it's the sound thing I'll sweep, but you want to get me to vacuum. I'm like, Oh, and so I used to have a girlfriend who would come around and vacuum my house and I would cook dinner and she would take dinner home. So like mutually beneficial. (laughs) Yeah. Mutually beneficial. So whatever outsourcing looks like to you, like if there are those couple of things that you cannot stretch yourself to do, just outsource it and it doesn't it doesn't mean you're like a bad person for not being able to do it it means you're a good person for acknowledging that you can't like you physically can't do everything and so you're finding a way to make sure that it's all done for your family
0: and somehow i don't feel like um zoom folding washing parties would have the same effect as as (laughs) as no. <laughs> they would have previously.
1: I feel like I would still be folding laundry. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I feel like they, they wouldn't have the same effect. So mental health wise, how do you look after your mental health? Or, you know, like, is there anything in particular that you do? Do you have counselling? Like, do you do anything in particular?
1: So I'm a yoga instructor. Um, I run my own yoga studio. So there's a very big into mindfulness, uh, gratitude journaling, just really carving out those like few, like few minutes a day for yourself makes a huge difference so I get up every morning before anyone else I make myself a cup of tea and I sit down and I drink my cup of tea in like silence then I'll go through some breathing maybe a few yoga poses and then I'll start my day and that just gives me that space to kind of if I need to plan my day but you know it just makes you that little bit more resilient.
0: So if there are spouses out there that have been thinking about getting into that or looking into that, like what would be the first step that they should do to even like work out where to start with something like that?
1: Start small, (laughs) start really small and find something that works. There's no right or wrong way to do it. So in terms of like gratitude journaling, there are people who write pages and pages and pages. I literally, so my gratitude journal is actually next to the canister that has my tea leaves in it. So as I'm boiling the kettle, I just jot down three things I'm grateful for that morning and it starts that positive spin on the day. So like anything, you need to be consistent, but make it easy for yourself. Don't make it some huge task that feels impossible to also complete. Yeah. Because it, it's, it's about making your day better, not feeling guilty for something else you haven't done. So find a three minute meditation on YouTube that you really enjoy and try and practice that four nights a week.
0: It's about just committing in a small way so that it becomes part of your day or part of your routine. Like, you know, brushing your teeth. It's just something that you need to do to have, you know, that successful day.
1: Yep. I really encourage people to start really small. So committing to just doing three dot points every day for a week of things you feel grateful for is, you know, much easier than saying, sit down and write two pages every day. Yeah. So yeah, really, I really encourage you to start small and build up to it rather than making huge commitments. So what
0: kind of positive effects does journaling and mindfulness and and that sort of things have for someone? Like, you know, you can say, oh, yeah, it's great to you know journal and and be mindful and and take time out and you know focus and all that sort of stuff but what kind of
1: actual benefits does it have so anything we talk about like like any mindfulness it's all about just being present so when we think about stress and the effects it has on the brain back you know 400 years ago your stress levels went up when you're being chased by a bear or you know, you're looking for food to feed your family. Like the bear would go away or you'd find food and the stress would go away and you'd be okay again. In this modern age, the brain can't differentiate between running from a bear and just that constant stress we feel as I'm trying to get all this done, I'm trying to keep my life together. (laughs) And so when we stop and are present and specifically slow our breathing down, we tell our brain I'm safe. I'm not running from a bear. And it turns off that stress response. You know, the first time it might be only 30 seconds, but the next time it might be a minute. And so slowly you just slow down and, and then you only start kind of having like triggering that stress response when it's say more required because it it's not actually helpful if it's It's not your baseline yeah yeah it's not your baseline it lowers your baseline from that stress response yeah because Um, of
0: course having you know being at that having that as your baseline and being constantly you know in a state of stress is not great for health and you know kicks off all sorts of other problems
1: absolutely yes so all that and it just depends on what feels good and right to you yeah. So some people don't enjoy gratitude journaling. So don't do it, but find what it is that helps you be like present now, gives you five minutes to slow your breathing down to, yeah, lower that baseline and, and then you start to feel a bit better.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it can't hurt to try and if it doesn't, if it's not for you, then, you know, it's not for you, but if it does have a positive impact, then it's, it can be huge.
1: I will say though, don't like, don't try it once and go, Oh, well, that didn't work. You do need to give it kind of a week, but that's why I say start small. So if you're doing a week of only two or three minutes, you know, you can make that push that way through because chances are you won't feel much the first time.
0: But it's like similar to like, you know, if you try running for the first time, you're like, Oh, this was not good. Like, of course it's going to be hard learning it and perfecting it and giving it a good go can only mean that it sort of gets, you, it gets easier for you and becomes more of you're not having to think about doing it. It's just
1: part of who you are. Yes, yes. So it's the same for all of that. And, you know, running for a lot of people or, you know, you can do mindful walking. You can have a Google. You'll get 20 of the most, the top mindful activities you can do. So just find the one that works for you. It's definitely made it easier. So I'm able to deal with the changes in situations. So the Rachel who had first posted to Townsville did not cope with the uncertainty and the changes as easily as I do now. Some of that's, you know, just general, like growing up in maturity. Some of that is having gone through it a couple of times and now knowing that, you know, there's even the worst removals have to end and then you'll be okay again. (laughs) And and I would say
0: that, you know, like you could say to yourself, oh, well, this is as bad as it gets, but you can't really say that because you just never know what the next posting or the next move will be like. But at least if you've got those strategies in place.
1: Yeah, you can just feel like, okay, like this is just how today is going to be and tomorrow will, you know, start trying to pick up the pieces or whatever it is. And it just, it does just change your outlook on life a little. So just, you know, if you do start gratitude journaling, it just makes you realize all the things that you are grateful for. And then I'm actually also the CEO of Frontline Yoga, which is Australia wide yoga charity for current serving Ex-serving and volunteer frontline workers and their spouses. So, if you jump onto frontline yoga, there's probably a free class in your area that you can go try out, and yeah, drag your partner along too as well. It's yoga aimed at mental health, assisting with recovery from PTSD, depression, anxiety, all those sorts of things. It's a nice place to connect. It's a nice place to build those networks. That mental health perspective of just taking care of yourself for that hour a week
0: thank you so much for coming on the podcast rachel and telling us about your spouse experience and obviously the ways that you cope with defense life and your strategies and your work with frontline yoga thank you so much i've had a lovely time